Welcome to the Austin Mortgage Report with John Schutze on Talk 1370. Have a question for John? You can reach him by calling 512-920-2891. And now, here's John. Hey, welcome back to the show. Another week of the Austin Mortgage Report. I've got John Roseberry and Andrew Thurston with Supreme Lending. Glad to be back. Joining me. We are with the Schutze branch here in uh, Austin, Texas, and... um, we got a great show today. We're going to be uh, talking about something that's it's really important in light of the uh, the Hurricane uh, Harvey, the Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Harvey, yeah. that, uh, that that that's obviously hit Texas, and um, you know, flood insurance is such a big thing. So that's def- that's going to be a big part of the show today. Uh, our number is five one two nine two zero ATX one. That's nine two zero twenty eight ninety one, or go online austinmortgagereport dot com. You can uh, send us a message there. Uh, and we're, uh, we, we're, we're live on Facebook. So if you have a question, uh, go to Austin Mortgage Report on Facebook and, uh, and shoot us a question. We'll cover it for you right now. Uh, and can't fail to mention our special guest, Philip Marino with Liberty Mutual Insurance, who's calling in from the field. Philip? Hey, John, you out there? how are you doing? Yeah, yeah good, man. man. So you just got back from uh, Houston, right? I did, yeah. I just got back from Houston. I've got a, a buddy of mine uh, we just reached out to our social networks and our you know, personal contacts and made a little supply run to a, a couple of the shelters that were in need, and um, we made it back last night about 11. Man, that's so cool you did that. Thanks thanks for uh, thanks for your service there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's, and- uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you, you can do, a lot of ways to reach out. You know, you don't have to have a boat going door-to-door uh, to be able to try to help somebody in need. So, you know, we, just, we wanted to do a little part. Yeah, where'd you end up dropping this stuff off? Um, there's a couple of different shelters uh, that are more or less um, spots, which are distribution areas. So the Red Cross will reach out to these certain distribution areas, and they'll be the ones that actually um, facilitate where certain products need to go to which certain locations. Um, we went to Splendora, Texas, um, just down at 290 to 99 and uh, Splendora and dropped off there at, at one of their new spots that had just opened. Well, you know, I, I'm so glad you had time to join us on the show. I know you're busy. I'm sure your phone's ringing off the hook. Uh, as, sure. You know, you're, a, you're, you're one of the, um, you know, top, top insurance agents in the area. So I know that, I know that you're busy. Uh, so thank you. know, really do appreciate you taking time because I, I think our listeners uh, probably have some questions around this. And I, I mean, there's things I don't know. And, and, you know, being in the mortgage side of the business, we do run into flood insurance quite often, but there's definitely some questions we didn't know. Um, first of all, uh, let's start with um, what is flood insurance and is it different than your main, you know, in other words, if I have a homeowner's policy, I probably assume I have some kind of flood insurance coverage. I would, yeah, I would yeah. have thought that before I was in the business when I owned. A I would home, too. So. I would never even thought about needing some additional coverage. You know, I would think of my my if a flood came and knocked my house out, I'd have I'd be covered. Yeah, yeah. you have insurance, right? You you have replacement cost. You have all that. So what's the difference if a flood knocks it out sure. versus something else? Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. So um, it it is a misconception. I think first it's important to know what a flood is before you can know whether you do or do not have coverage. So flood is a temporary overflow of water onto land which is normally dry. So AKA rising tidewaters. This can be from uh, rain, uh, heavy rain. It can be from snow melt, which 
we don't actually have to worry about here. Coastal storms or storm surge, waterways overflowing. In Houston, we're seeing a lot of the bayous that are just simply overflowing. And if they crest, then that is, by definition, um, a temporary overflow onto what is normally dry land. So for all of that coverage, you actually need a flood insurance policy written through FEMA. So okay. your, to your homeowner's insurance through whichever company you may have does not cover the rising tide waters. However, you do have coverage for your hurricane, your hail, your windstorm, so generally, there's some sort of combination of the two policies that pays out. Yeah, that's something that I just found out. So, you know, on the deals that we do, when we find out that flood insurance is needed, we just defer it to you guys. We say, okay, Philip, this, you know, policy is in a flood, or this home's in a floodplain, so right. we need flood insurance. And I thought it came from the company. I did not know that private mortgage or private insurance companies don't offer flood insurance. It's got to go right. through the feds. Through so let's FEMA. talk about that. So that's question two. Where do you get flood insurance? Can you go to any insurance agent? Sure, you can. You can go to any insurance agent. Um, we're all, you know, we, we're licensed to sell flood insurance. Um, depending on who you purchase it through, um, policy fees or, or other things might be tacked on to the actual price. Um, not here with me, not through Liberty Mutual. If you're in a preferred flood zone, you get preferred rates. If you're in an actual flood zone, um, then all of those rates are all set through FEMA. Uh, we generally, you know, we don't have any markup on them. The mm -hmm. rates are what they are, and, and you pay annually on a credit card directly to FEMA. So, we can facilitate you getting the policy, but it doesn't necessarily have much to do as far as underwriting through the actual company you get it from. And so essentially, the, is the cost the same or it should be the same? It should be. Okay. Let's yeah. talk about that cost a little bit. From, mm -hmm. from the deals that I've done where flood insurance is on there, so, you know, if it's a, it's a part of uh, Austin that, you know, requires it, that's in a floodplain mm -hmm. or some, some places elsewhere towards the coast, mm -hmm. where that's more common... From what I remember, that flood insurance seems to be pretty expensive. Is it is it always expensive? Not always. It has so much to do with location and the exact elevation of the property that we're talking about. So let me give you an example. Um, you know, say one of you lives at the top of the hill, uh, and one of you lives at the bottom of the hill. You're on the same street. Mm -hmm. You're both in the same flood zone. However, your elevation certificate, which tells you exactly how high you are in that zone, will have a drastic impact on how much the flood insurance actually costs. So I know we've worked several deals together where clients call and say, hey, give me a roundabout on how much the flood insurance is going to be. Well, unfortunately, it's just not possible because I don't want to lie to the client. One neighbor can be, you know, $3,000 a year, and then the neighbor next to them, which is, you know, six or eight feet higher, can be 1200 a year. So it's really impossible to tell unless you can get your hands on the elevation certificate. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And so just kind of backing up, I mean, if you're, if, if you're paying cash for a house, then really there's nowhere, nowhere in the process that you're probably going to get flagged that you may or may not be in a flood zone. I mean, there, there, is a, there are some notifications, but there's no one telling you you have to have it right, if you're buying exactly. cash. And, exactly. and so, when, yeah, you, so usually when it comes up is when you're getting a mortgage, the mortgage company uh, will run what's called a flood certificate, which is a, a third-party company that goes and looks at the FEMA maps to see where your property lies. And then we're the ones coming to you saying, hey, you're in a flood plane. Uh, you need to get flood insurance. And then that, 
that's where then the process starts where you call your insurance agent and find out what what that's going to cost. And a lot of times we don't know what zone it is, right? So let's talk about that. So there's different flood zones. Mm-hmm. They have different cost structures, right? Um, for the most part, I mean, the zones, X is your preferred zone, um, which means you're basically in, you know, a 500-year floodplain or or later or longer, should I say. Um, and then you have your A and your AE. Those do have costs associated with them. But even in that, a zone A or a zone AE with a high elevation, you know, could be a different rate than a zone A with a lower elevation. So um, it really does go back to the elevation certificate in most cases. And the one that you first said, the uh, the flood zone X, and mm-hmm. you said that would be one that's in a 500-year floodplain. What does that mean? Because it sounds to me that it means the flood happens every 500 years in that area. Is that sort of what that means? It is sort of what it means. It basically means, hey, look, you are not in danger of a flood in your lifetime. Okay. Now, for those preferred uh, X zones, there are preferred rates. So I can tell you if you want $250,000 in coverage for your structure, which is the maximum that FEMA allows, and you want $100,000 in your contents, which is also the maximum that FEMA allows, I can tell you it's $450 a year. Okay. And those are flying off the shelves because unfortunately what we're finding is areas that have not traditionally flooded in an X zone are now seeing flooding, you know, on on a almost, you know, decade basis. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at San Marcos, you know, we had uh, some severe floods several years back in San Marcos. The majority of what was underwater was not necessarily in a flood zone. And that's exactly what I was going to bring up, too. Another question is, it almost, I mean, at 450 bucks a year, it almost seems like everybody should have a flood policy these days. Absolutely. I mean, I mean if, you, if we had 10 or 20 inches of rain in, in a two-day period, uh, there's, probably, there's a lot of homes that might flood, not only just from a rising creek or river, or bayou or something, but just runoff. I mean, I, I kind of sure. live, I, my house is, is kind of a hill behind it, and the water flows down, and when it rains really hard, it kind of pools at the back door, you know? But mm-hmm. if we, if, 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 you know, it rained, you know, if we had anything like 20 inches, then that pooling would probably come in the house, right. and if, if I'm not mistaken, I, I wouldn't have any coverage, because right. it's rising water, it's not coming from the rain necessarily. It's coming from the actual water running onto my property and rising in the house, right? Exactly. Yeah. So under your homeowner's policies, what's referred to as wind-driven rain is something covered under traditional homeowner's insurance. So if there's a huge windstorm and rainstorm and you have, you know, something happens where you have a broken window and it rains in your home and there's all this water damage, and even if there's water on the floor, that was wind-driven rain which is normally apparel that's covered under your homeowner's policy. If it's a tidewater that's just rising because of just heavy rain, that's where you need your flood insurance. And back to the point where everyone needs it, um, with the sheer amount of growth that we're seeing in Austin, every time they lay a parking lot or every time they put up a high-rise, that water, which traditionally had somewhere to go, now has to reroute itself when there's heavy rains. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing is that's why we're seeing the the places flood that have not you know historically flooded before is just the, the sheer mass of growth that we see in certain areas. You know, the water just has to go somewhere. 
Right, right. And you said something a, a minute ago, Philip, about the maximum amount of coverage. Did you say that FEMA will allow a max of 250000 on the structure? That's correct. So what? So I guess the folks who have, you know, half a million dollar or a million dollar homes in a floodplain, even if they have flood insurance, they're, what do they do? They're not really going to be covered if their home gets flooded over that two fifty. <clears throat> Right, yeah, that's uh, it's an unfortunate situation where they're going to have to, you know, figure out what to do with the structure. So if you've got, um, you know, if you think about it, because flood insurance is accessible to everybody, uh, if you had several homes that were flooded, say a certain area that was all had, you know, three, four million dollar homes, uh, that's going to deplete the reserves pretty quick uh, through FEMA. So mm-hmm. they do have to have caps on the amount that they're, you know, that they can pay per loss. It actually went up to 250. I believe it was only at 200,000, maybe some three or four years ago. So um, they do uh, look at the amount that they pay out versus how. Um, you know, the the amounts that are needed and try to reflect that in the products that they offer. However, right now, yes, it is capped at 250,000. Okay. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's what I heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard the reason they went to having FEMA be the ones who supply that flood insurance is because essentially it was too, too expensive for the insurance companies. And then Mm -hmm. even so, you know, FEMA's or the flood insurance part of FEMA is what ten billion, fifteen billion in the hole is is what I've right. seen on a news story. So. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a private company would just wouldn't choose to cover. No, you just wouldn't be able to get coverage at all. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're, we're gonna have to take a break, uh, Philip. Would you stay around for the uh, for another segment? Uh, we sure. definitely have some questions we didn't get to, and I uh, want to make yeah, sure we cover those with you. you. Okay, awesome. Right, thank you. We'll be uh, you're you listening to the Austin Mortgage Report. Uh, our number here is five one two nine two zero ATX one. If you have any questions about flood insurance. I uh, want to get in touch with Philip. Uh, just give us a call here at the show, 512-920-ATX1, or send us an email, just john at austinmortgagereport.com, or just go to Austin Mortgage Report. You can contact us there. We're going to be back with lots more uh, in just a moment. Welcome back to the Austin Mortgage Report with John Schutze on Talk 1370. Have a question for John? You can reach him by calling 512-920-2891. Once again, here's John. Hey, we're back. The Austin Mortgage Report. John Schutze here. We've got Andrew Thurston. Howdy. Mortgage banker with uh, Supreme Lending. we got John Roseberry Hello. in the studio again with us. Uh, we're talking to Philip Moreno on the phone. Philip, you there? Yes, I am. With Liberty Mutual Insurance. Uh, covering, trying to cover as much as we can about flood insurance for our listeners out there who might be curious about it. Uh, how could you not be curious about it? It's, you know? it's on everybody's mind. Everybody's probably learned more about floods and flood insurance in the last week than yeah. we really ever have. I know I have at least. I mean, it's so close to home, you know, even places an hour outside of Austin got flooded and a lot of the structures and homes destroyed. So Yeah, yeah. So... We covered a lot in the last segment, but let's talk. There's a few things we didn't quite cover. And one of the things I want to ask you is, uh, and we kind of covered this, but you can get you can get flood insurance pretty much anywhere, right? You don't have to be in a flood zone, right, Philip? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, flood insurance is available for anybody that has a home. Um, you know, one thing we didn't touch on earlier uh, is if you're a renter or a condo owner, um, you're actually eligible for flood insurance as well. Now, obviously, you uh, don't 
care much or less about the structure that you're living in, but more or less your contents. So you do have uh, contents coverage through flood insurance. So just because you don't own a place doesn't mean you don't need it. Okay. So when you're a regular renter's policy, you wouldn't have flood insurance or coverage. Can you purchase it any time? Like right now, could we go get flood insurance? And You can. Um, so with every FEMA policy, um, there is an actual 30-day wait period or grace period. Um, so whenever you purchase a policy, any flooding that would happen within the next 30 days are, are not going to be covered. And that's uh. simply to keep people from purchasing it when there's a hurricane in the Gulf, yeah. or when they know there's a storm coming. Um, they just simply couldn't do business that way. So yes, there is. you can purchase any time. Coverage kicks in in 30 days. Let's just say that, um, I think you answered my question, say that there's no blackout dates, really. I mean, if you lived in Houston, but your house wasn't flooded, you could probably go ahead and get coverage, but you have the 30-day window. Sure. So just this morning, I mean, I, I probably wrote four or five flood policies for clients that I have in the Katy area that will take effect in 30 days. Mm-hmm. But the sooner you lock down your um, initial date of the policy, the sooner that coverage is going to be in effect for you. Um, right. Something that I'll, I'll speak to for yours and my situation and for your clients is if the purchase of a flood policy is due to a loan requirement or a closing that is happening any time between now and the next 30 days, you actually waive that, that wait period. Okay. Okay. So if you're buying a house, there's not a wait period. That's correct. So if you're buying a home that is in a flood zone, you close in two weeks, uh, the flood policy will take effect the day that you own that home. It's only if you or I are in our current residence, we're worried about flood insurance, we want to buy a policy that you would have at the 30-day wait period. What about if somebody's refinancing? So let's say they're refinancing and maybe their home became in a floodplain between the time when they purchased and right now when they're looking to refinance. Could could somebody potentially try to get a quick refinance done if, you know, hurricane season is upon them and they're, you know, hoping, oh, let me try to get some flood insurance before the next 30 days. Could that work? Um, yeah, I guess technically if you're looking for, uh, you know, a reason around it. Um, but like I said, it probably would have to be some sort of rezoning or something that happened that, that would prompt that. But, yeah. um, yeah, it just it's not transferring it, ownership. No, no. Right. And so, you know, how does somebody make a decision? So if somebody is not in a floodplain, so they're they're getting a new home, their lender, you know, doesn't tell them that they are in a floodplain, but they're just kind of curious if it would be helpful or not. How does, how does somebody go about making that decision? I mean, certainly if you're in a neighborhood where your home is way up on a hill and, you know, you know, you have higher elevation, maybe it's not even a consideration, but for a lot of the other folks around Austin that are buying that aren't in floodplains, what would be kind of a way for them to weigh their options and make a decision to get flood insurance or not if they're not in a floodplain? Sure. So my, what I always suggest to clients is you just simply have to ask around. Um, you okay. have to educate yourself on the area that you're moving into, whether it's knocking on neighbors' doors or having your favorite realtor do you know a little calling or a little research for you um, on homes uh, and people that live in the area. Simply ask. We've seen some of the worst weather and some of the worst rains that we have in you know ten years. So it's going to be fresh on people's mind. They're going to be willing to talk to you. So if you're concerned, if you're not in a flood zone, if there has flooded before, I would just simply ask. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were talking about 
the maximum coverage is two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, generally, though, you don't usually tear the whole house down, right? So, I mean, th- that doesn't sound like a lot of coverage. You may have a half million dollar house, but you're not really going to scrap the whole house, right? I mean, you're going to you're going to do sheetrock and rewire it or some things, right? Okay. So that's why you might you might still have sufficient coverage, right? Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, we spoke earlier about perhaps a combination of policies paying out. So let me just give you probably the worst-case scenario. Um, You're hit with a hurricane. uh, The roof is destroyed. The roof is going to need to be replaced. And there was a flood in the house from the rising waters. Well, your homeowner's insurance is still going to take care of the damage from the hurricane. So if the wind and the hurricane and the damage came to the roof from that, well, of course, we'll take care of that for you. The flood insurance, say the 250000 needs to pay for four feet from the floor up. we got to gut everything else. Uh, then that's where the flood insurance comes in and takes care of the flood damages. Mm-hmm. And then is there usually a, I mean, because you probably can't live there for a while. I mean, think about these people in Houston, right? Let's just say the water receded tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They can't just move back in. So does it usually cover rent on someplace to live or... Right. So your policy, your homeowner's policy, has what's referred to as loss of use coverage. So if there is a covered peril, a covered loss that your insurance company is going to pay for, your loss of use is meant to cover things like rent uh, or an extended stay or an apartment, um, food, laundry, basically expenses that you would incur um, because your home is not inhabitable. Okay. I've got another question for you, Philip. So I don't know if you're aware of this, but did you see on Facebook a lot of people were saying there's some new law that's going into place, I think it's in Texas, that all these people need to go ahead and file their claims before uh, September 1st, I believe. Otherwise, you know, they're in big trouble. What's the what's the fear about that? I, I read into it a little bit, and my understanding is it has something to do with, you know, like frivolous lawsuits, right, and not you know going after the uh, the insurance company as much. But does that really affect most of these people? What what's going on with what a lot of people probably have seen on Facebook recently? Not necessarily. There is a bill going into effect, and what it is meant to do is to make the consumer um, have some sort of formal um, some sort of formal documentation to an insurance company before a lawsuit when they either think something has taken too long or they think that it, it, it's just not handled correctly. It requires some sort of, of I don't want to call it a warning, but basically uh, communications with the insurance company yeah, before notice. you file a lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I kind of read into it a little bit and we all know how people will just share things that aren't necessarily sure. true and just, sure. you know, make a surprising headline. But um, I know a lot of folks were probably worried about that, you know, especially anybody that is having damage from this hurricane, you know, maybe they're not aware and think that if they don't file a, file a claim until, you know, mm-hmm. right now, today, I guess being the last day, they're sort of luck. But that's that's not the case. It's just some minor changes regarding what you were talking about. Correct. Yeah, your insurance company, hopefully, if you're with a reputable company, is going to take care of you regardless if you file today or sometime in the middle of the next um, next month. The one thing to remember is that I believe I saw it on the news that FEMA, regardless if you have flood insurance or not, wants you to go on and register uh, with them your address, your name, and I believe some other information, and that you have had a loss. 
Um, I know there are funds available and set aside for individuals that do not actually have flood insurance policies through FEMA, so they could make a claim through FEMA. Obviously, we've got mass destruction. I don't want to say that there's anything available to you, in, you know, but I do know that there are cases where they have funds set aside for individuals who have not actually purchased a policy. And so another question is, is there anywhere that you just can't get a flood insurance? Like, is there any, if you have a home, can you always get flood insurance or are there ever yeah. areas we can't? Sure. Yeah, you can always get flood insurance. Whether or not you can afford it uh, is, is uh, a different topic. Um, it, it may double the cost of your mortgage. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if, if you, uh, as lenders, use um, you know, your debt-to-income ratios, if flood insurance is actually factored into that, you could run into some debt-to-income issues. But I've seen flood insurance um, you know, as cheap as $171 a year, and I've personally seen it as expensive as $9,000 a year. Um, and I'm sure there's cases where it's more than that. So I guess it really depends on um, what you can afford. But, yes, it is available to, you know, everybody out there. Well, it's definitely something when you're in the buying process of buying a home. You just It's, it's a question you just really want to ask because you never know when – I mean, I've, we've had a lot of clients where they had no idea that they the house was in a flood floodplain. Sure. The agent didn't even know. No one was really – and the current homeowner didn't have a mortgage, so they didn't have, they didn't have to carry it. Or the, mm-hmm. the home was put in a flood zone after they, their, the current owners had bought had purchased it. Right. They didn't even – maybe even realized it was in a flood zone and they exactly. didn't have any coverage. So it was really kind of off the radar. And then when we went to go, the mortgage company goes and pulls that flood certificate and we say, Hey, by the way, it's in a flood zone. It can really catch you off guard. And so like you said, sometimes that depending on what zone that's in, yeah, it can be two, 300 bucks a month. And so that's a pretty significant hit. So it's definitely a question that we should be asking. I think, you know, you know, if you're buying a home, you definitely want to ask. So we got to run, but uh, Philip, your time is very valuable. I really appreciate it. Um, Glad to if, be on. If folks want to uh, get some more information about flood insurance, flood policies, or maybe just get one going, uh, what's a good play or a good way for them to uh, reach out to you? Sure, they always feel free to call five one two six two six seven seven one zero, or I'm accessible by email at philip moreno at libertymutual dot com. Cool. And if you missed that, just go to austinmortgagereport.com. Shoot us a note. We'll definitely get you in touch with Philip. Or if you have any questions about flood insurance and how it relates to your mortgage. Uh, we're here to help with that as well, of course. Uh, we're going to be take a break, but we're going to be back with lots more of the Austin Mortgage Report with um, John Roseberry and Andrew Thurston and myself, John Schutze. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back soon, shortly. Shortly. 